0: So uh, again, good morning. Um, we are going to do something a little different this morning. We're going to have to keep the kids inside today. We got lightning outside uh, nearby, and so I know that is uh, that's a game changer for some of us parents. Um, but uh, we are moving towards getting back to our full uh, full on kids time. Uh, set up in the next two weeks, and so uh, this should not happen hopefully again, um, but this, uh, this is what we'll have to do this morning. I just want to say if you need to step out because your kids need some space, please go for it. That is fine. If they make tons of noise, that is also fine. Uh, don't feel conspicuous about that. Uh, we're actually talking about uh, parents and children today, and so children, uh, there's some things in here for you. Uh, that you actually get to hear, that God has for you. So I'm, I think this has all worked out uh, for the best. So uh, so we're going to continue in uh, Ephesians this morning. And if you want to grab a Bible and open uh, to those verses we just read, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're actually going to focus just on the first four verses this morning. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4. And you'll remember last week, uh, we we kind of dove into chapter five and six, where Paul is talking about the gift of relationships, that relationships are a gift from God that teach us about God and help us become like him. And so we're gonna continue uh, looking at relationships uh, that God gives us, these gifts. And some of these uh, relationships Paul focuses on here in chapters five and six include marriage and include family and then work relationships. And Last week, we looked at marriage. Uh, and We talked about the gift of marriage, and I'm excited because uh, after, um, after I share a little bit about Ephesians chapter 6, we actually have a video testimony from Lauren and Scott Phillips, and they're just going to share about the gift of their relationship and how God has been at work uh, in their marriage, and so I'm excited for us to get to hear uh, from them this morning. But before we get to that, um, we're going to look at these first four verses in chapter 6 of Ephesians. Uh, And consider what Paul has to say about family relationships, in particular about children and parents. So let's start at the beginning. Paul writes, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. He's pointing back to the Ten Commandments, and he connects it with this promise in verse 3, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land or your translation may on the earth. Now, it's pretty straightforward, right? Kids, what does it say? It says, children, obey your parents right? Children, obey your parents. Now, kids, we're going to talk about what does that mean exactly, Um, but before we do, I just want to, as a little note, I think it's helpful, especially in light of what we talked about last week related to submission, to notice that Paul does not say, children, submit to your parents. He says, obey your parents, and I think that's really helpful. It's another helpful kind of data point as we try to I think, really understand and get at what does submission mean? And several of you had questions about the sermon last week, and I so appreciated that you're wrestling with this. What does it look like to actually submit in reverence to Christ to one another and for wives to submit to their husbands? And here, I think, is a helpful data point in kind of thinking through that. I love what John Stott says about submission. He says, submission is your voluntary self-giving to your spouse whose responsibility is to build you up in the Lord. And then he says this, submission is love's response to love. Submission is love's response to love. But in contrast, what Paul says here to children is, he says, children, obey. Children, obey your parents. Now, why does he say, kids, why does he say you should obey your parents? What's it say? Obey your parents In the Lord, for this is what? Right. Oh, this is right. Obey your parents because this is right. Now, when I read that, I immediately thought back to what my dad used to say when I would say, Dad, why do I have to do that? Why? Why, 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 dad? And you know what my dad would say? Because I said so. Okay, kids, you ever heard that from your parents? Because I said so. Yeah, because I said so. So Paul's kind of saying that. He's saying that a little bit. He's saying, obey your parents because God said so, okay? So obey your parents because this is right. In other words, there's a natural order, right, between children and parents. This is kind of the way things are set up. Your parents are in charge of you, right? Your parents are responsible for you. And so your response to that is to obey. But he's also saying a lot more than that. He's not just saying that. He's saying more to us as followers of Christ. So kids, when your parents say to you what they say to you, when they are responsible for you, when they're in authority over you, your kids actually represent God to you, okay? So children, your parents represent God to you. We can't see God, right? Physically, we can't see God, but one way that we can see what God is like is through our parents, or sometimes those who's, who act like parents in our lives, right? And so God gives us parents or other adults to fill that role in our life so that we can see God's love for us as children. So you can see God's love for you and your parents. So you can see God's authority in your life through your parents or through the parent figures in your life. And so God put them in charge of you and made them responsible for you. So that's, this is what that means, kids. It means that when you choose to obey your parents, you're choosing to obey God, okay? It means when you choose to honor your parents, it means you're choosing to honor God. And when you disobey your parents, it means in a sense you're disobeying God. And when you dishonor your parents, it means in a real sense you're dishonoring God, okay? So that's what Paul is saying, That's why he says, honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. It's one of God's first commandments to Israel. It's God's wisdom. He set it up this way, that he made it so you can obey your parents and your life will go better than if you don't obey your parents. That's the way God created things. Now, here's the thing you have to remember, though, is that parents make mistakes. Kids, your parents don't always get it right. Sometimes they mess up. They can be wrong. They need God's forgiveness and grace as much as you do. So parents, when you're wrong, you need to be willing to admit it. And kids, you need to be ready to forgive them. Okay? Well, if you're a sharp kid and you're in the room, you're starting to put some of these things together. Wait a minute. So if my parents can make mistakes, does that mean sometimes I don't have to obey my parents? Is that what Pastor David is telling me? Sometimes I don't have to obey my parents. And the short answer is, yes, I'm telling you that. Kids, sometimes you don't have to obey your parents. Craig Dawson's shaking his head. No, don't listen to Pastor David. (laughs) Teenagers in the room are like, sweet, a loophole. Uh, But let's just think through this. Paul, he doesn't just say obey your parents. What does he say? He says obey your parents In the Lord. In the Lord. It's very important, that in the Lord peace, okay? And I think it means this. It means that you should obey your parents, but there are times when you should not obey your parents. And this is when you should not obey your parents, if they ask you to do something that is against God's will, his word, or his character. You should not obey your parents if what they say causes you to sin, to steal, to lie, or if they do something that hurts you. You have every right to question that based on God's word and God's heart because those things are wrong. And God says they're wrong. And I think it's important that we recognize that, but for parents and kids alike, our goal is to understand and be faithful to God who he is and what he said and to live according to it. For all of us, that's the same. And so that's why Paul says, kids, if you love God and you love your parents, then you will obey them in the Lord. You will obey them. You will honor your parents. All right. So that's what it says for the kids. What about for the parents? Verse 4. Parents, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Whereas the NIV says, parents, don't exasperate your children. Don't frustrate them. Don't wear them out. Don't be overbearing, controlling, harsh, cold. Don't constantly correct them. Don't scold them all the time. Don't take your stress out on your children. Don't crush their spirits. Don't exasperate them. He says, by contrast, bring them up. Build them up. Help them to grow and to flourish. I love what the King James Version says here. It says, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Bring your children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. What does it mean to nurture? What does it mean to nurture? To nurture is to care for, right? It's to cultivate. We had a great day yesterday at Havehaven. Haven. We had a great group out there. Some of us are very sunburned. All of us are very sore. We worked really hard. We had a great time with the kids, just working in the yard out there. And one of the things we did is we planted these vines on the front of the house. And they're these beautiful vines. They got these beautiful flowers, and I was just thinking about that because those vines, we've planted those vines, but now they need to be cared for, right? So boys at Half Haven, you guys got a job now. You got to care for and nurture those vines, right, and those pots out in front of the house. You got you to gotta care for them and water them. You got to care for them by pruning them. You got to guide them as they grow and train them on the trellis. You got to care for them so they don't just wither and die or go wild. You have to actually nurture them and it's the same with children. Parents, we are responsible for cultivating our children's hearts and minds. We are responsible for how they begin to think and how they behave. And to nurture them is an ongoing process of lovingly shaping our children. So that's that's what it means to nurture them. What does it mean to admonish them? Well, it has to do with the words that we speak to them. Admonish means to speak uh, words to your children of encouragement. It means that we should be exhorting them in their faith and in their life with God. We should we should be correcting them. We should be uh, disciplining them. We should be speaking truth, God's truth, to them. That's what it means to admonish. And so in a way, you could sum up Paul's teaching here to parents uh, to nurture and admonish as being a call to love your children through both the way you treat them, your actions, and through your words, the way you speak to them. Love them through your actions and words. This is, this is about how you live your life and engage with your children as a parent. Now, having said that, I just want to be clear. What Paul is not saying here is just be good moral parents and your kids will grow up to be good moral people, okay? That is not what he is actually saying here. And I think that needs to be said because it's a trap that we can fall into as parents, Right? Because we, we know that we're saved by grace and that it's a gospel of grace and that we receive grace and we show grace. But then sometimes I feel like when I get in parenting mode, somehow the grace piece gets lost. And I'm just trying to get these kids to be good kids and behave. And it can kind of devolve into a moralism within our parenting. And it's not parenting by grace. We can make it about being good and making good kids. And godly parenting isn't less than that. We want moral children, but it's way more than that. Because think about it this way: even non-Christian parents want good moral kids, and they're working towards that if they're good parents to raise good kids. Paul says, "Bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord," right? Just like he said to kids in the Lord, he says to parents of the Lord, there's something different. What is he getting at? What does he mean? Christian parents, this is what he mean. Christian parents have a totally different goal than non-Christian parents. Christian parents have a totally different goal than non-Christian parents. If you are a follower of Jesus, your greatest hope is not that your child will be successful. Your greatest hope is not that they'll fall in love. Your greatest hope is not that they'll be even happy, as strange as that sounds to say. That is not your ultimate goal for their life as a follower of Jesus. And we know that because that's what every non-Christian hopes for their kids. There's no distinction there. As Christian parents, our greatest hope is that our children would know and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our greatest hope. For our children, that they would know the Lord Jesus Christ and follow him all their lives as their Savior, as their Lord, that they would know the Father's love expressed through Christ, purpose in their life, life with God, hope for an eternal future. That is what we want for our children. And so my question for for myself, for all of us who are parents in the room, is that your ambition for your child? Is that what comes first into your heart and your mind for your child? Is that what you're praying for? Is that what you are aiming for? That's the goal. That is the goal as followers of Christ who are parents. We want them to know the gospel, to know Jesus, and to know life with God. So how do we do that? How do we do that, parents? It's a whole conversation in itself. Sermon series unto itself. Rows and rows of books written on how to be a godly Parents, let me give you two thoughts, two thoughts on what Paul is saying here on how to bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And the first is simply this, to be a parent who is raising up a child in the Lord, commit yourself to following Christ. Commit yourself to following Christ. The single most important thing you can do is follow Jesus yourself as a parent. In so many ways, so much of the rest of it gets taken care of when we do that. If we will follow Jesus, if you never read another parenting book in your life, if you never get another bit of advice on how to be a great parent, if you will surrender your life to Christ, and if you will learn to walk with him and trust him and worship him and live in his grace every day and every moment, here's the promise, you will be an amazing parent. You'll be an amazing parent. You are an amazing parent. If you're following Christ, listen, I know parenting can be hard, right? And we can beat ourselves up. Some of us put so much pressure on ourselves to just get it right because we want our kids to be okay and not screwed up, right? And we're, we're anxious. We carry around a lot of anxiety about that. But know that God's grace is sufficient, His grace is sufficient. He's bigger than our parenting mistakes, and he is at work, and he says, trust me, and trust me with your children. Follow me. And in so many ways, that is the most important thing you can do as a parent. Parent them in the Lord. To do that, you have to be in the Lord yourself. To teach them to follow Christ, you have to be following Christ yourself. You cannot introduce them, acquaint them, teach them, about someone you don't know. You cannot lead them where you yourself have not been. So follow Christ, that's the first thing. Commit to following Jesus. The second comes right on the heels of that. Commit to helping your children follow Christ. Commit to helping your children follow Christ. It begins with you following Christ, but you have to be intentional about helping your kids follow Jesus. Discipleship should begin at home. It should begin at home. It should not begin at children's ministry time on Sundays. It should not begin when a young life leader builds a relationship with your kid. Those are great things. Praise God for those gifts. But it should begin in my home and in your home if you're a parent. Discipleship begins in the home. Parents, it is your charge, your godly charge to disciple your children. It's as important now as it has ever been because the world is working overtime, right, to disciple our kids. The world is working overtime to shape their hearts and their minds in a way that is counter to who God is and who he says they are and what he says in his word. The world is working overtime to that end through screens and movies and schools and coaches and their friends, just on and on. They're inundated with it. And so as followers of, uh, of Christ who are parents, let me just say this, we don't walk in fear of the world or of the culture or of our situation. Rather, we parent with purpose. We have Christ. In humility and in fear of the Lord, we parent. We're intentional, not passive. We don't just sit back and pray and hope that our kids will one day follow Jesus. Right? We help them learn what it means to follow Christ. I think the biggest discipleship killer in our homes right now is busyness. Anybody here struggle with busyness? Yeah, I got some hands in the back, thank you. Our busyness, right, reveals, I think, something really telling about us as parents. I think what it reveals is that we have uncritically bought into our culture. We've gotten to a place where we we haven't given enough thought to whether our family life actually lines up with what God says is our greatest responsibility to help our kids know and follow Jesus. And so, parents, I just wanna encourage you. Think about your family priorities. Think about your family commitments. Think about your schedule this upcoming week in light of the ultimate goal, for your children to know and follow Jesus. Many of us have given our kids every opportunity in the world, great opportunities, but often it's come at the opportunity to experience life with God in your family. That's the most important opportunity they have, is to experience God in your family. I know it's hard, I know it means using a word that is hard for some of us as parents. It's hard for me to use sometimes, but we can do it, okay? So we can say this word. You guys ready for the word? The word is no, right? You can say it. We can say no to our children. Sometimes we have to say no to really great opportunities. We have to say no to amazing activities so we can say yes to being a family together following Christ even when it's something really good because you know why because you know your duty before God is to care for the soul of your child and to steward their relationship with God and you have to hold that priority before you we have to evaluate our decisions as a family through our calling as parents to disciple that's the bottom line so I just want to encourage you to try that to think through that again with your priorities your commitments your your schedule our duty before the Lord, God, is to care for these children's souls. It's an eternally significant calling as parents. And so here, take this, take this to heart. This time, take some time this week just to pray through it and think through it. Talk about it as a family, about your schedule and your commitment and your priorities. How often do you eat together as a family? It was a good question to ask. How often do you pray together as a family? How often do you worship at home together how often do you open God's word together and I would say behind all these questions there's a lot of grace right a lot of grace and in part grace towards your children don't force this don't force your faith on them don't pressure them to follow Jesus don't make it cold and mechanical we're just going to do this every day at this time no matter what they won't they won't respond they'll push God away if you force it just read a verse or two really simple just read a verse or two share a thought and then thank God together in prayer it could be really simple it's simple intentional relational discipleship pray for your kids if you're not in the habit of praying for your children by name pray for your children drip bits of God's truth into conversations when you're talking to them. give them his perspective on the world in different conversations in the car or around the table give them good books to read give them heroes in the faith to admire take walks with them and talk with them be ready to give an answer for the hope that you yourself have in Christ when they ask big questions but be intentional bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord parenting in the Lord is challenging it is exhausting it is incredibly joyful and it's a great gift and it's worth everything you can give to it. And so Paul's call to children is obey your parents in the Lord. His call uh, to to children is obey your parents in the Lord. His call to parents is bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so kids, obey and honor your parents in the Lord because it's how how you learn to follow Jesus. And parents, nurture and admonish your children in the Lord because it's how you learn to follow Jesus and how you help them learn. To follow Jesus. That's the bottom line. So, I just want to take a moment um, before we watch uh, the testimony, just pray for our families. I need this. I'm guessing every parent in the room needs a measure of God's grace when it comes to parenting. So, let's just pray and ask Him for that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words of Paul. I thank you for every child in the room and just pray, uh, Lord, that they would hear um, your words to them when you say children. Obey your parents. Obey your parents in the Lord. So Lord, I pray that it would be um, just something that you do in our kids' hearts that draw them into a place where they are eager and long to obey you because of the Spirit's work in their hearts. And I pray for our parents, Lord God, we need, um, we need you, we need your help. We feel overwhelmed so often by this call and yet it is a, it is a trust You've called us to be stewards, and so we wanna wanna nurture and admonish our children in a way that teaches them about who you are and your great love for them and what it means to follow you. And so, Lord, in places where we feel like we're failing, miserable, I pray against shame or guilt, and I pray for the freedom of knowing that you are the God of grace who is with us and that we can trust you with our children, that you're bigger than any mistake we have ever made or will ever make with our children. And yet, Lord, I pray that you give us the courage and, uh, Lord, just uh, the strength to really be intentional about discipling our children. Lord, help us to pause and to think and to talk as a family this week about what it means to follow you together. Lord, you are our heavenly Father, and we are your children. And Lord, you give us the picture of what this looks like. And so I just pray we would turn to you and trust in you and walk in grace with you as both children and parents in Jesus Christ. We pray that in his name. Amen. Amen.